Hello and welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for even having an interest in what I have to say and learning about Sophie's life and I guess just what God has been teaching me from the beginning up until now. So I wanted to take some time to do a really quick recap of what I wrote about and then maybe share some of my thoughts and feelings. So um, I wrote basically about when I found out I was pregnant with Sophie. It was a total surprise. We were not trying. And as I mentioned in the blog, um, it took us some time to get pregnant with Adam and I just assumed it would be the same. So we thought, okay, after Adam is one year, we will start to try, give ourselves plenty of time, and um, by the time Adam was one, I was already pregnant. <laughs> Nobody knew at the time, but I was already pregnant, so um, so that's really what began my thoughts of Sophie really being a gift to us. Like I believe children are a gift from the Lord no matter what, but especially when they're surprise gifts, <laughs> I think, or surprise babies, so... Um, so I talked a little bit about that, and really I had no idea what to expect. I will say in 100% honesty, I was miserable in my pregnancy with Sophie. I also expected to just have a very easy pregnancy like I did with Adam. I wasn't sick at all. I was working in the kindergarten still um, up until the... I think it was even the beginning of my third trimester. Yes, um, <clears throat> and no problems. The only thing was that it was really hot that summer and I was miserable towards the end, which I think that just happens no matter what. <laughs> so um, I assumed, I guess very foolishly, <laughs> that it would be the same with Sophie. I mean, it was different seasons. I would be pregnant with her mainly throughout the winter. Um, but I was miserable, really sick. Never threw up, thankfully, but very sick. So I think that that also kind of affected my emotions too. Um, up until that point, obviously it had only been me and Adam. I had never really been away from him. I was just kind of starting to get to know him, if that makes any sense. Um, he was a toddler. He was just starting to walk and maybe even say a couple of words. And his little personality was coming out. And I was really just enjoying that time with him. And I just felt so torn. You know, I felt like, how am I going to still be a great mom to him? while being a great mom to this new baby and at the time I didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl and when I was pregnant with Adam I really thought I was going to have a girl I just assumed because in my family it was mostly girls and I just thought it's going to be a girl and it was not and so I had to adjust my thinking of how to take care of a boy how to be a boy mom and I love 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 being a boy mom um, it's totally different than anything I expected, but I absolutely love it. So thinking about having another boy seemed like, okay, this is great. I've I've done this with Adam. He'll have another. He'll have a brother. 
that'll be cool. But then another part of me thought it would be so cool to experience having a girl because anybody who knows us knows that Yenya and I really only wanted to have two kids. So I thought, well, one of each could be perfect too, but then how would I even begin to know how to be a girl mom after being a boy mom? So there's all these thoughts and emotions, but I really thought, I really believed I could say that Sophie was going to be like the restoration for me um, in terms of just the difficulty I had with Adam when I was pregnant. I was physically fine, but he um, had some kidney troubles, which is why I needed to be induced in the first place when I had him. And also at the first trimester screening with him, they were saying he was going to have Down syndrome and I just was really looking forward to having a healthy baby after that or just having a normal, I guess, quote unquote, um, pregnancy and then delivery, which anybody who knows the story about Adam knows it was a four day long process to bring him into this world. (laughs) And it was very traumatic. Um, And I was really looking forward to it being different with Sophie and I think looking back now, I can say that it was restoring in a lot of ways, but none of the ways that I expected. (laughs) Um, Obviously, she, first of all, my pregnancy with her was much harder. She was much um, more fragile and had way more issues than Adam did. Um, I didn't have a choice with how I was going to deliver her. I had to get a second C-section, which was the last thing I wanted. I was so disappointed. So, so, so disappointed. Um, And then I didn't even get to see her until she was three days old. And we ended up being in the hospital for three weeks. So it was definitely not a better experience than Adam's. It was different. Um, But I think the main difference was that I really felt... God's grace just meeting me in every step of the way. With Adam, you know, I it was my first kid. I had no idea what to expect. And he, um, on the day we were supposed to be released to go home, they found um, an infection in his urine. So we had to stay for like another eight days or something like that. So I think it was harder for me to handle that because it was unexpected. Whereas with Sophie... I knew we were going to have to be there for at least some time. I didn't know how long, but I knew that they wanted to do a bunch of tests and stuff with her and kind of try to figure out what was going on with her before we left. So I was hoping it wouldn't be longer than about a week and it ended up being three. Um, And then we were released with, um, I think I counted later on when I had made different tabs for her in our files that she had, I want to say eight specialists that we had to go to. So for a while, it was like between her pediatrician and all the specialists, I feel like we were going to the hospital or or seeing a doctor a couple of times every month, maybe even more than two times a month. It was a little bit crazy in the beginning. So um, also... Of course, during this time, after you have a baby, your hormones are crazy, 
Like if you think that you're hormonal when you're pregnant, you have no idea what's coming because after the baby is born, it's way worse. And I remember um, my doula telling me this, maybe it was my doula, maybe it was a friend, I'm pretty sure it was my doula, um, trying to prepare me for this with Adam and me just having a hard time wrapping my head around that. Like, how is that possible? You know, the baby's here and, you know, you feel this overwhelming love and desire to care for this child. So how could it be that your hormones are worse? But they are. And everything seems so much worse. So we're already in a difficult situation with Sophie with her health. And then I'm dealing with these hormones and dealing with these disappointments of um, unmet expectations. (laughs) And uh, it just was it was a roller coaster for me. And I didn't think I would actually be talking about this, but just in the spirit of honesty and wanting to be an encouragement, I would like to say that I know that there are women who struggle with postpartum depression. And I don't think I had that when I when I came home with Adam, I really think that I was dealing more with um, the traumatic birth experience with him. But I felt from the very beginning that that motherly instinct was there. I had this overwhelming desire to protect him and take care of him. And I was honestly very shocked and saddened to admit that it took a while for that with Sophie and I think it was because I just was feeling so many disappointments and frustrations and I didn't really know how to handle all of that um so I just wanted to say (laughs) to any of the moms out there who have experienced that or some form of postpartum depression or PTSD from having your child or even if just that motherly instinct didn't kick in for a little while and you feel really bad about that, please don't beat yourself up. It happens a lot more often than I think we are willing to admit to ourselves and to each other. Um, One of the most freeing conversations I had was with a really good friend who also um, confessed that she had felt some kind of resentment towards one of her kids for the way that her body was after having that kid. And I think that was really freeing for me because I realized later that I was dealing with resentment towards Sophie for me having to have a second surgery for me being stuck in the hospital away from my son for the first time away from my husband um and just you know just thinking why is this happening to me in a way which is completely selfish but I'm being honest with how I felt at the time and I think that it kind of took a while to get past that even seeing her the love was there, the concern for her was there, but it wasn't as like all consuming or overwhelming as it was with Adam. You know, she was getting tested a lot and getting procedures done. She was also born with a clubbed foot, so she had to have a cast and 
that had to be replaced a couple times and just so many things and like constantly having blood taken to be tested and stuff and I didn't feel the same like pit in my stomach or nauseous feeling like I did whenever um, Adam had, you know, blood tests and things like that. And he would cry. I think it was also because she didn't really cry. She was such a calm baby. I think that was such a gift from the Lord. <laughs> she was so strong, even from the very beginning, she went through so much as a baby and she was still so calm, way more than Adam was. Um, and she was a better sleeper. I think I mentioned that, um, and even though she had difficulty eating, which, you know, didn't really make any sense to me. So it just had to be God just giving me this grace, you know. Um, but also, I think just as moms, we we just give and give and give to our children. You know, you carry that child for nine months, however those nine months go whether you're sick and miserable every day or whether you're fine, <laughs> you give of your body for nine months, then you really give of yourself when you're delivering this child. And then almost instantly, without much time to rest and recover, you're handed this newborn baby who's completely dependent on you for everything, including being fed, which also comes from you most of the time. So it's just a constant, almost like a one-sided relationship. And that sounds really horrible, and I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just that you are you know that for the first few months or maybe even a little longer, you're just going to be constantly giving of yourself, and you're not really going to be getting much back. And so I think that was a part of it too, is that this kind of natural process of giving of yourself to your child was heightened because of her special needs and doctor's visits and all of these things that just took up so much extra time. And um, she was never able to nurse, so having to bottle feed her and just all of these things that were just constantly, you know, you're giving and giving and giving of yourself. And because they're babies, they're not really giving you much back. And especially for Sophie... It took her a very long time to look at us, to smile. We were really not getting anything back from her for a very long time. And it it was hard, I guess, um, to put it in a word. (laughs) Um, It was hard. So uh, I just want to say to all the moms out there, don't feel bad if you've felt that twinge of resentment or just frustration and disappointment or whatever it is. Um, I know that it can, can come and go quickly. It can sometimes never come at all, or it can sometimes come and it's a real struggle for a long time. But the point is that you don't just give in. The point is that you keep fighting through it. You know, you get the help that you need. You talk with someone, you, you know, seek out help in some way and you keep going to give that child what they need and so it doesn't make you a bad mom that's what I really want to say it doesn't make you a bad mom when you struggle with these things and um, I think that's what I had to come to grips with when I finally admitted 
that that was my struggle. And that was actually, if I'm really being honest, that was one of the first of a few times that I would feel a twinge of resentment because of, you know, the situation that I was in. Um, So I guess that's all I really wanted to share. Um, uh, Oh, one thing I did want to say was that uh, someone did ask me, like, how we decided to, um, you know, proceed in, in the pregnancy, knowing that she would have these special needs or, like, kind of what was our process with all of that. And for us... Um, and this is not a judgment on anybody else. This is just sharing our beliefs. We would never abort a child. That's just something we wouldn't do because we believe that children are a gift from the Lord. And I know that that's probably easier for me to say being happily married <laughs> um, to an amazing and supporting, supportive husband um, who is really my partner in life. Um, so it's, it's probably easier for me to say that I'm not in certain situations that other women have been in. Um, but that is something that is a core belief for us as a family. We are Christians and we believe that God is the giver of life and that if he's going to give us a child, he's going to give us everything we need to care for that child, whether it's an emotional need, a physical need, a financial need, whatever it is, we believe that this child came from him, we're going to get everything we need for this child. So with that in mind, um, for me, it was not even a, a thought, not even a question in my mind of would I abort her because whether or not God was going to heal her was no deciding factor for me because I was going to love her no matter what. But I will say that in the very beginning, we were so sure, 100% sure that God was going to heal her, that she was going to be fine, um, and that even though she was born with these things, they weren't going to last forever. And so it was really easy for us to just keep the ending, I guess, or the ending that we thought was going to happen in mind. And it was very easy for us to say, well, of course, we're going to keep her. Of course, we're going to love her. It doesn't matter. Um, Now, that being said, having a special needs child is a whole new world. (laughs) Um, Parenting is hard enough. Being a new parent is hard enough. But when you have a child who has these special needs, it just requires an extra level of grace and patience and strength that honestly, I had a special needs child for eight months and those were the hardest eight months of my life. They were the most rewarding and amazing months of my life, but they were the hardest. And to all of you special needs parents out there, you are my heroes, really. I don't know how people do it um for years and years and years um you go through so many emotions and you go through sometimes so much pain and agony and frustration and just worrying about your child especially when you have a child who has a compromised immune system who 
could get sick at the drop of a hat, who could catch a cold and it turns into something way worse, which is ultimately what happened to Sophie. Um, it just makes life so challenging. Um, what, like just deciding as each new situation comes up, do I take them to the hospital? Do I, do I not? Is this normal? Is this not normal? Um, is my child in pain? Is my child suffering and not able to communicate that to me? Am I giving my child the best possible care? Am I neglecting my other children because this child needs so much attention? It's just, it's a lot. It's hard. And so special needs parents, you are rock stars. You are amazing. I seriously don't have enough words (laughs) for just how awesome you are because it just takes a special kind of person to be a special needs parent. Um, So I think that that's Um, that's something else that was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around when people would say, you know, Sophie was in the best possible family with the best possible parents. I just kept looking at myself and thinking, I am completely just sucking at this. Like, I feel like I'm failing every second. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm really the best mother for her because... I still struggle with so many things that I didn't think I was going to be struggling with being her mom. And I just feel like I'm hitting all these obstacles all the time. And I just want to be the best mom to her. And so many times I feel like I'm not. Um, But it was still really encouraging to hear those words. And I, I really think that, again, just God met me so much in those times when I just felt like nothing or felt like I was drowning. It was overwhelming me. I was exhausted and Adam didn't really handle it very well when we came home. I think it was because I was gone so long. It was the first time he was away and uh, away from me. And as I mentioned in my blog, this was the height of the first wave of coronavirus. So I couldn't have any visitors. Daniel didn't get to see her or hold her. Okay. He saw her when she was first pregnant, but he didn't get to hold her until she was over three weeks old. And it just made things very difficult, I think, for Adam in terms of like feeling something towards her. He was so young when she was born. Um, They were 19 months apart. So he was just like two or one year and seven months old when she was born. And so he had no way of understanding who this little person was and why she took mommy away for so long and just, you know, now she's here and she's taking mommy's attention here at home. And so it was really tough, Um, you know, just really, as I said before, wanting to be the best mom, the best parent you can be to both of your children who are drastically different, who have drastically different needs. And I know that that's true of, of any two children, But when you have the added pressure of having a kid who needs so much attention and who needs so much care, it just can sometimes feel like you're just running yourself ragged. So that's kind of what I was struggling with. And um, 
But at the same time, I would say that I was just so happy to be home and so happy to just have my family together. And I remember also just really looking forward to the times when she would, you know, be sleeping through the night or when she would be a little bit bigger and not so fragile or when she would be, you know, interacting with us more, smiling and laughing and playing with her brother and just really looking forward to this new life and what the future had in store for us. So it wasn't all hard. It was good too. And I think that that's something that I definitely learned in this process is just how often uh, joy and sorrow go hand in hand. And I think that was kind of my first taste of that. Um, dealing with the sorrow and frustrations of unmet expectations while also feeling the joy of new life and, um, you know, just having my family together again. So, and that started the next phase of Sophie's life, which was being home and being a family together. So that's what I'll talk about next time. So thank you so much for listening. Bye.